Hello, and welcome to the Strange Matters Podcast. Here at Strange Matters, we discuss everything that is bizarre, mysterious, and unexplained. I am Sean, and today I'm joined by my fellow host, Ethan, and Eric. Now first, before we get started, I just wanted to point out that this is our first listener-suggested episode. So big thanks to Lauren for being such a huge fan and for suggesting this interesting story. Right, so on this episode of Strange Matters, we'll be discussing a bizarre set of mysterious deaths. Now, these particular murders share a striking number of similarities, and under the circumstance surrounding the two victims, you would think that perhaps a serial killer or someone with a specific target in mind would be behind these crimes. However, the two murders that we'll be discussing today are 157 years apart. Yes, so for this episode, we will discuss the facts and circumstances surrounding both of these strange murders and the uncanny connections between them. So let's get to it. Alright, so both of these events take place in Erdington, England, and the first murder we'll be talking about took place in 1817. Mary Ashford was a 20-year-old lady who worked as a housekeeper. On the 26th of May, 1817, Mary was attending an annual dance with her close friend Hannah Cox. So the dance was a pretty big thing in the community and drew a large crowd, and in attendance was Abraham Thornton. By several witnesses, Mary and Abraham were seen together throughout the night and seemed to be enjoying each other's company. I just want to point out, that Thornton, a 24-year-old, heavy-set male, has been described by some to be a repulsive individual. Yeah, he probably wasn't the biggest catch, but uh, it's a small community, I'm guessing. So, After a few hours, the trio of Mary, Hannah, and Thornton left the dance, while Hannah returned to Erdington while Mary and Thornton kind of walked around for a little while in each other's company. Owen saw the pair leaving a friend's house late that night, and Hannah was awakened by Mary in the early hours of the morning, Mary was grabbing her work clothes for the next day, and she set off quickly. So a fellow partier who was walking home from that same dance saw Mary walking briskly along the road around 4 a.m., and that would be the last time she would be seen alive. Early the next morning at 6 a.m., a person found a collection of women's items in a bloody shoe near a large muddy pit. Several others helped search this pit, and they unfortunately came upon Mary's drowned corpse. Now those investigating the area found at the scene a pair of footprints, one small, one large, both were leading to the edge of the pit, but only the larger footprints were returning. Now, since Thornton was the last person to be in her custody, he was the main suspect and arrested. Now, I'm going to talk about some of the evidence and motives that people believe Thornton had for this crime. Now, obviously, Thornton was the last person to be in her company and had been walking alone with her at night. So that kind of points to him to being, you know, one of the main suspects. When talking to the police, he agreed that he had been with her up until about 4 a.m. that morning. Now, a witness at a dance also claimed that Thornton had made suggestive comments about Mary and how he would not be denied his advances. So the prosecution's case pretty much lies on these comments is that Mary left Thornton that night and did not fall for his advances or seductions. And basically, a frustrated young man just lay in wait early in the morning, waiting until she was alone. Then he pounced on her, took her by force, and had his way with her. Then disposed of her body in the pit to drown her. That's kind of like a, a bunch of he said, she said testimony from eyewitnesses and then him himself. Yeah, I mean, basically, as we'll get into it, it's pretty much, the rumors really drive home that Thornton was the main suspect and everything. Yeah, it was a lot of he said, she said stuff without actually proof, but they didn't really have any suspects in mind, so that's why he was put on trial. Now, Mary did have signs of a sexual encounter and a loss of blood, and Thornton did have blood on his undergarments, which was a uh, a big red flag there. Now, he did admit to having sex with Mary, though he claimed it was consensual. And then doctors examining Mary found that she was menstruating, and that could be the source of the blood. Also, in the prosecution's case, Thornton's shoes proved to be a near match to the footprints left at the pit where Mary had drowned. 
There's another possible explanation that has been floating around out there, and that is that she could have committed suicide. It doesn't necessarily have to be a murder case. So judging from the description of Thornton, I thought it was a plausible explanation given that she did in fact sleep with him. Now, now it's hard to uh, refute the evidence that, hey, your footprints are basically there at the scene right. of the crime. Well, not maybe the scene of the crime, per se, but... The scene of the, the murder. The scene of the murder or where the body was found. Right. Now, she was drowned, so she wasn't killed beforehand and dumped in the pit. She was dumped in the pit, and that's how she died. Okay. Yeah. Um, so she wasn't killed anywhere else and moved. She was someone... Like I said, both footprints were actually leading to the pit. So whoever did kill her was actually... And no other footprints were found. Right. So, it, I mean, I, I wasn't able to find too much detail, but it didn't sound like they were drag marks. So it seemed like they were walking pretty much, you know, step in step. Mm-hmm. But then this person, I don't know if she was intoxicated or what, but it sounds like he just threw maybe, her into the maybe pit. Maybe fell into the pit and drowned herself and the other guy's like... Could be. I don't know. All right. <laughs> I don't know. Um. So, yeah, basically, as Ethan was saying earlier, the, the townspeople just pretty much decide right out of the bat that Abraham was the main suspect. And public opinion just turned on Thornton as more and more rumors spread. Though, for his defense, Thornton had 11 alibi witnesses who saw him during the time frame that was agreed to be when Mary was killed. Also, what Ethan was just saying about the boots. Also, between the time that the boot prints were first found and they uh, compared his boots, that there were heavy rain in the area. So, they said it was a match, but in reality, you can't tell because it's, the rain kind of washed most yeah. of the, the evidence away. So how many people actually saw these footprints before they were washed away? I think it was like two people. Who, exactly. Who first saw well, yeah, e- even if it was they they were washed away, I mean, rain can distort the footprints, yeah. even if there were footprints there. So yeah. And as I mean, you see like a, a lot of these cases is that there's a big difference between near match and a match. So right. I mean, they could put the boots down, and it could be like an inch off, but they'd be like, oh, you know, it's, it's close enough. <laughs> um, so you, you just never know with these guys, especially these, these the guys who found the footprints. I think they were like volunteer workers or something. They weren't actually police. Right. So they weren't exactly top-edged in, uh, investigators there. Also, back to the case, Thornton's attorney mentioned that Abraham had been completely honest to the police since the beginning. He even admitted to having relations with Mary before he was even searched and the blood was discovered on him. And the doctors who examined Mary said that there was no visible marks of any sort of violence, and that he could not be sure if the sexual signs were consensual or rape. Now, did, did this were they able to prove whether this was done before her death, or oh, it was it was before her death? Yeah, because I mean, remember that she died of drowning, right? But so that... it's not like he threw her into the bed, drowned, and then pulled her back out. So basically, just because of all this, the, there's just a general lack of evidence. And Thornton was acquitted of both murder and rape charges. The jury actually took only six minutes to decide. However, Mary's brother William was still convinced he was guilty and tried to appeal the decision. Actually, when he got brought to London, Thornton pleaded not guilty. Then he literally put on a gauntlet and threw the other one down on the ground, which represents a trial by combat. And William saw this and refused to accept the challenge. So Thornton was subsequently released. However, by now, he had developed a very bad reputation and shortly thereafter moved to America where he would live out the rest of his life. So what exactly, Eric, is a trial by combat, as some people might not know what that actually means? A duel. A duel. It's basically a fight to the death to decide who's innocent. Okay. 
anyone who watched Game of Thrones would know what I'm talking about. And and this at the time was very a very antiquated way of settling things. So yeah. this actually was one of the last times that this ever happened in the area. Right. Yeah, I think it was just the year after this case that they abolished the trial by combat. Yeah, so I mean after that, I mean he was proven innocent, but the community still hated him and basically he just had to flee to America basically just to get away from all of it. And it's unfortunate that, I mean, there's still no real evidence as to who killed Mary. So it's still a complete mystery. It's still a cold case to this day. Still a cold case, centuries later. Very interesting. So let's get into part two of this episode. And that's the murder of Barbara Forrest in 1975. Now, Barbara Forrest was a 20-year-old childcare worker who was out with her boyfriend dancing and bar hopping on the night of May 26th. Late in the night, her boyfriend walked her to a bus stop and gave his farewell for the night. This was the last known account of seeing this young woman alive. Barbara went missing for about a week until finally her body was discovered in a ditch covered with ferns. She had been strangled to death and raped. Her death site was only a few hundred yards from where she lived. Investigators began to search and trace her last steps. However, there are no witnesses that claim to have seen her after her boyfriend dropped her at the bus stop. Police questioned many of the passengers of the night bus as they could find out, um, but no one recalled seeing her actually get on the bus. Posters were printed and the public was encouraged to give any information they could regarding this mysterious death. Finally, a witness recalled seeing a parked car on the side of the road right by where Barbara's body was to be found. Finally, after nearly a 100 investigators following on clues and tips, they came to Michael Thornton, who was a co-worker of Barbara at the same children's home. Police found blood on a pair of his pants, and his alibi for that night proved to be false. Michael was then arrested for this terrible crime. However, he too was acquitted after all the evidence was proven circumstantial. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to find very much information on this case in trial compared with the 1817 crime, but it is, it's safe to assume that the blood on Michael Thornton's pants did not belong to Barbara, and whatever his true alibi was, proved he was not in the area when she was murdered. Right, so this is a little different than the other cases that Abraham Thornton actually admitted to having sex with Mary, whereas Michael apparently did not have any contact with Barbara at all that night. Now, I'm not familiar with forensics in the 1800s, right. but I assume that they aren't able to prove whether or not it in fact was consensual or was it rape. Well, so my- this was... this murder the one recently that uh we're talking about in 1975 they were able to prove that it was indeed rape right yeah i guess there there were more physical signs of violence whereas mary there wasn't really any bruising or anything that would show that a struggle happened no i mean you you can have physical signs on your outward appearance but you could also have dna like like dna dna and and uh, nails and vaginal tearing tearing you know kind of trauma that way to prove whether or not it was consensual or rape. Right, but I mean, as like, like you said, I mean, the 1800s, they weren't as advanced, but basically at the time, the doctors using what techniques they could could not prove if it was consensual or rape. In the 1800s. Or, right, where I guess in this, you know, 1970s, more advanced, I guess they could actually prove that Barbara was raped. Right. So in 2012, Barbara's sister, Erica, demanded that the police conduct new DNA tests to try and help solve this cold case. Once again, the specifics aren't made public, but I was wondering if the Forrest family still suspects Michael Thornton as the main suspect, even after he was acquitted. 
However, to this day, there are still no solid leads on who murdered Barbara Forrest. That's right. So both these cases are still a big mystery in and of itself. And now we're going to make things a little weirder by start connecting the dots between these cases and showing how many similarities there are between these new murder cases. It's actually pretty bizarre. So, no, uh, Ethan, you look them up, so why don't you get going on those? Yeah, let, let, let me uh, show you some similarities on these two and uh, kind of summarize also what has been mentioned before in the previous two murders. So, the murders of both Barbara and Mary took place in the early hours on Whit Monday, May 27th, in both 1817 and 1975. Both murders happened very close to each other, and as mentioned earlier, they took place in the area of Erdington. In fact, the discovered bodies were only 300 yards from each other. They also shared similar circumstances that both of them were walking late at night after having fun at social events while also being accompanied by a young man. Yeah, I mean, already both of these murders have pretty similar circumstances so far. Unfortunately, though, this kind of tale is all too common where you get a lone female walking alone at night and something bad happens to her and her body's found the next day or, you know, some days afterwards. It's on the news all the time. It's pretty much the same thing. I don't see any coincidence with it being with the fact that it's a young woman in her 20s getting murdered. I think real right, coincidence so- lies in the fact that the bodies were found 300 yards apart. Yeah, and, that, on the, and on the or uh, and also the murders took place on the same day. Right, so that's that's where it starts to get a little weird. The yeah. crime itself, unfortunately, you know, is pretty common, but it's the circumstances around it that when you look into it is when it starts getting weird. All right, also uh, here it gets a little stranger here. Both the main suspects in the cases uh, had the last name of Thornton. That's right, Michael and Abraham. And uh, in both cases, they were they were the main suspect. And, but they were later acquitted of the crime. Right. So are we thinking that these two men are somehow distant relatives? I don't think they were related. At least nothing that I tried looking that up. Yeah, I couldn't find anything on that either. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that they're... It's, it's just a... I mean, if they aren't related somehow, it's just the strangest of coincidences. Right. And I'm not entirely up to date on uh, English last names, so I don't know how popular that... I was thinking the same thing. It could be like the name... Smith, yeah, in America. For any of our English listeners, let us know. Your last name is Thornton also. <laughs> both Mary and Barbara were unmarried young ladies, and both were 20 years old, sharing the same birthday. Now that is strange as hell. Yeah. Some might think that this is very bizarre and leads that there must be some kind of connection between the two. However, this might not be as improbable as most will think. That's right. There's actually a mathematical concept called the birthday problem. And basically, this covers the probability that in a set of random people, two of them will have the same birthday. So, obviously, this probability reaches 100% when the number of people reaches 367, because there's only 366 possible birthdays if you include the leap year. However, 99.9% probability is reached with just 70 people in a group, and 50% probability with only 23 people. So, you think about it, this kind of sounds crazy, but... I mean, whether you're at a school, work, or around a large group of people regularly, you probably do know two people that share the same birthday. I mean, personally, I know in my own group of friends and family, I know people who have the exact same birthday or birthdays that are very close together. So this isn't a very foreign concept. For example, uh, all of our birthdays, you know, fall within 20 days of each other, either plus or minus. So, right. you know, mine's in the middle and then Sean, yours is 
about 20 days after, and Eric, you're 20 days exactly before mine, so. Yeah, I mean, we're all grouped together, yeah. so. Like I said, you work or you're at school or something, you probably do know somebody who has either the same birthday as somebody else or pretty close, so. Yeah, so in actuality, it doesn't seem all that rare for two strangers that have the same birthday. However, when you factor in that both Mary and Barbara share the same birthday, but also died on the same day, and the odds grow much higher. Adding in that both women were murdered, and you have an extremely unlikely scenario that all these things are exactly the same. It's like the perfect storm. Exactly, perfect storm of murder and mystery. So, so what are what are some possible explanations for this crazy coincidence? Yeah, I mean, it is kind of a big mystery because each murder itself is unsolved, but then you just you have these connections between the two. So, I've seen some people think that it might be the work of a copycat killer. Someone was aware of this famous murder back in the, you know, 1817. It was caused such a big stir in the community and that they lived in the same area and wanted to kind of recreate it. And ma- they, they saw how that person kind of got away with it. And it's like, hey, if I duplicate this, yeah. I could probably do the same. Right. Oh, it's kind of weird, though. I mean, you'd have to know both a woman who has the same birthday so you'd have to know that barbara shared the same birthday as mary you kind of do also, your research on that yeah but then also know that she's actually dating a guy named thornton also so it's it's really weird i, that, I don't really buy into the copycat killer all that much is because it's way too coincidental i think i mean also you could see that this whole thing is just kind of a complete coincidence that there there is no connection at all between these two events even though they are so strikingly similar I mean, though the odds are stacked against this type of phenomena occurring, perhaps it has happened more than just this time. You know, that two people share the same birth and death days, dying in a similar manner, dying in the same location, and it just happened before people started recording crimes. Uh, You know, regardless, the connections between the two murders have troubled and intrigued mystery lovers for years. As it stands now, it is unlikely that we will ever know the complete story behind these murders, and whoever killed these young ladies and for what reason make this a crime mystery that will likely go unsolved forever. Now, I have uh, one last theory that I thought of. I've been staring at all this evidence for hours, and I had a you know, glass of wine or four. <laughs> and I was thinking of, you know, what if it was some kind of immortal vampire-like being who emerges from hibernation every 157 years to uh, kill a young lady in the exact same way? You're, you're kind of pinpointing, uh, or not pinpointing, but leading into our urban legend category that we'll dive right. into the next episode but i mean hey it's anything... out there but i mean is there any evidence for it no no but i mean we don't know who did these murders so exactly i mean anything's possible anything i mean what you just threw out there is just as could explain as dna evidence could explain right now yeah. it's just it, i mean like like i just said anything's possible with this so that's it for this episode on these two strangely similar murders. Once again, thanks to Lauren for suggesting this episode. It really is a very interesting mystery, one that will go unsolved for a long time. And if any of you other listeners have any other unsolved crimes or anything else bizarre or strange that you would like us to talk about, send in your suggestions to our email at strangematterspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can comment, listen, and download our episodes from our website, strangematterspodcast.com. And if you would like to follow us on social media, we have a Facebook page and also a Twitter account. You can also listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you're listening to us on those apps, please take the time to leave us a rating and a review.
take it easy until next time at Strange Matters Podcast. Bye. See you later, guys. Take care.